You're listening to episode 145 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Simon Jones. Hello, and I'm Steph McKenna. And it is the 7th of May 2021 here in Norwich as we're recording. And today we have the second episode of our Imagining the City podcasts, today featuring Martin Welk and Joe Henninger. Yes, so I actually sat in on this conversation when it took place and it was a, an absolute joy to listen to. Marcin was, as you mentioned, one of our writers-in-residence back in February, a virtual writer-in-residence because of the pandemic. So he was exploring Norwich and our bookshops in particular back at home in Krakow. Yeah, and that's why we asked Joe to come in and do the interview. Joe, you may have heard on the podcast a while back when he talked to Peggy about his career and his work in particular at the Bookhive. The Bookhive being one of our favourite bookshops here in Norwich, lovely independent bookshop, full of great advice and a really good kids section, actually. I always like going in there with my son. Mm, It's got mm. really unusual children's literature. But Joe kind of knows everything there is to know about bookselling and was particularly well-placed to talk to Marcin, given Marcin's interests. Uh, This interview covers all kinds of stuff from Polish culture and history to Marcin's experience of writing in the pandemic. And in fact, they talk about the Bookhive's Page Against the Machine program, which is, of course, part of our upcoming City of Literature program at the Norfolk and Norwich Festival. This is something the Bookhive were doing regularly in the bookshop where the whole point was to go and leave your devices at the door, turn off all your kind of technology and social media. And it was a way of having permission to sit down and just read a book for an hour. And of course, then the pandemic hit and they're not allowed to have gatherings in person. So they've been forced to do this over Zoom, which in some ways slightly defeats the purpose. (laughs) Joe talked about, you know, adapting to that new way of life and, and having to accept that you know, some technology was required. Uh, yeah, it's a really wide-ranging discussion, talking about Marcin's relationship to feminism, his love of Virginia Woolf, how he wrote one of his books in six months, which is kind of mind-blowing. Absolutely. Yeah, Marcin's work is non-fiction. He's written two biographies of very famous Polish women. Unfortunately, not much of his work has been translated yet. And Joe puts out a call in the podcast that if any translators are listening and like the sound of Marcin's work, then please do get in touch because it'd be great to see more of his material available in English. And after listening to this lovely conversation between Joe and Marcin, do head over to our website under What's On and click Imagining the City, where you'll find more of Marcin's work. He wrote a lovely essay for us called The Tenderness of Independent Bookshops, which I absolutely loved. And you can also check out more work from our other writers and residents, including top writing tips, original commissions of poetry and journal writing, and uh, just lots of fabulous, great resources. Yeah, and that really ties into the conversation as well. So they're great companion pieces. Uh, okay, let's hand over to Marcin and Joe and Marcin's dog, who chips in occasionally. So here they are. Woof, woof. Well, hello, Marcin. It's lovely to see you again. Uh, how are you doing today? Are you, are you well? Yeah, I'm quite well. <laughs> the day as usual. I just wonder if you could tell us where you are it'd be quite nice for everyone listening to sort of get an idea of of where you're recording this because of course sadly we're not together yeah sure i'm in krakow generally which is i think the most important information at the beginning just to put myself in the context of it, it's of course very nice uh, very historical polish city um uh, quite old 
it it was uh, capital of Poland, uh, um, but it's not um, right now. Uh, and uh, well, but I do not live in the center of Krakow. Krakow is quite big city. It, uh, um, it's almost like one million people living uh, here. Uh, but I live uh, in the suburbs, I would say. In an ideal situation, we'd be here together in the bookshop having a chat. But, you know, it's lovely just to get an idea of... Are you in front of a window, for example? Can, we, can you describe the view out of your window right now? Oh, my window. Okay. Uh, uh, my window is... Um, it, it, it's quite... <laughs> Uh, strange because, or it, it it is even sophisticated thing because um, on one side I have a wall of books, uh, and so uh, it should be the window, but uh, it is the wall of books. But I have of course <laughs> uh, other windows. The, the this street goes straight to the center of the Krakow, so it's quite a nice view. And, you know, when the, um, when the weather is nice and uh, the sky is clear, I can see sometimes the Wawel Castle, which is historical castle in Krakow. So, but, you know, not this time. That's a similarity, because <laughs> if I bend down very slightly and, and stare out from the desk of the book hub, I can see the Norwich Castle. So we've both got a view of the castle. So there's a little, our own oh, castles yeah. from a different perspective. That's our little link. But how how are you getting on with lockdown in, in, in Krakow at the moment? What's the situation there? I think it's like everywhere. So we have probably what I read today, uh, we are at the beginning of the third wave. So um, everything is locked, and you have to um, you have to be careful with uh, with news because every day uh, you hear something new, and the government uh, says uh, um, now uh, you know something is open and uh, the other things is closed, but mainly everything is closed so you, you you cannot go to the cafes to the restaurants you cannot go to the gym for example unfortunately <laughs> uh, but for example which is very important for me you can go to the library uh, the archives are open of course with you know this social distancing and stuff like that uh, I, I'm speaking about the situation outside, but it's also uh, the question about inside situation. I mean, about the people. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, um, um, mental health. And, um, well, the sad thing is I see many people who are very sad. Uh, I would say even a little bit, depressed or something so we miss each other uh, uh, um, and we wait until this moment when you know the world will be open and we can we, we can dance together and you know just to meet for a cafe or whatever you want now you cannot you cannot you cannot do many things but on the other hand so 
there are uh, there are many contexts. I I go for example for a walk, which I didn't do very often. So now I I I, I go for a walk for a longer walk with my dog. Uh, I didn't have so much time earlier, although I I walk at home. Uh, so there are some nice things, new things, but many also bad things. Mm. And those you're saying there, the it sort of inspired some new behaviors like going for a nice walk with your dog is it affected your your writing and your reading actually because of course this is a, a wonderful time to have you as part of our virtual writer in residence program here in Norwich and it's so great to be able to have this conversation although not in person it's lovely it's a fantastic connection to have um you know you set out very lots of amazing aims for your residency which we'll get onto a little bit later in the conversation but I just wondered how has the situation with lockdown uh, affected your writing practices um, over the last, you know, well, yeah, nearly a year now, I suppose. Oh, very much because I I work as a journalist, so uh, uh, as a nonfiction writer, and I need to talk with people to go somewhere just to you know to 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 see things how they look like in reality not uh, you know uh, not only in uh, in some uh, archives or uh, other uh, materials so um of course we still can i mean i still can uh, talk with somebody uh, for example via zoom or something but it's not the same because it's like you know all the journey is also very inspiring you can you can uh, take a rest or you can see something new which you you know um, didn't intend to see or something uh, uh, all is very important now uh, it's impossible so um, yeah it has changed uh, a lot this way but uh, on the other hand, uh, I, I had to find a new path, uh, you know, for my writing, for thinking about my writing. So it was very good because I started to think about reflections, not only about documentation, but I had to put uh, much, uh, more effort on what I think about the world I see, the, the what what I read, and so on. So, uh, yeah. So this is this is quite new. I mean, of course, uh, uh, um, I, I thought a lot about uh, the the things I, I I wrote, but you know, um, without this, for example, journey uh, with uh, with uh, with extra time, I would say. Uh, you have much more to to do, and you have more space to uh, you know to organize yourself. So it's not uh, it, it wasn't easy because the worst thing it wasn't by decision. It was like fate because it came to me from you know <laughs> uh, 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 from outside. Uh, uh, but you know, sometimes the crisis is a chance to, 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 to change something. Mm. 
it's funny you should say that um, about reflection in writing. And I'm not a huge writer myself, and obviously I, I admire writers very much being a bookseller. But I noticed that over the last year, the way I have been reading has has changed to be a lot more reflective. Um, in, by which I mean uh, when I stop reading, as in put the book down and walk away and maybe cook some dinner or or go in the garden or something like that. That's when I started having a bit more time and space in my mind to, to think about the themes or the characters of the books. And it kind of, books settle a little bit better, I think, actually, with, a, with when things are a little bit slower. And that actually opened up a, a very different feeling for me about reading. I wasn't necessarily reading different books or more books, but reading has that extra reflective quality. So as you say, ups and downs, isn't there, of course, because of this thing, and overall a terrible situation. But I suppose we have to make the best of, of, of what we can um, within it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'd like to add one thing because, you know, uh, I also realized that, uh, well, you, uh, I got an extra time, but uh, I, I started to you know, appreciate the time which I got. So I, I started to read uh, more, for example, classical literature uh, because, you know, you want to read only good rich literature because you have, you have the, the, the space and you, you can, and you can, you can see uh, new things from new perspective because of the situation, because you start to think about some new new things, new situation, and so on. So, so your reading has changed as, as, as at the same time that your writing habits have changed slightly as well. Yes, yes. I, um, I stopped to read because, oh, well, I'm a freelancer, so I, uh, I do a lot of things. Um, and, of course, some of things uh, stopped because of lockdown. So I got this... Uh, not unpleasant uh, phone calls, uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, somebody told me, "Oh, you know, it's like this situation, so we have to um, we have to stop our cooperation." So suddenly, uh, uh, I had a uh, you know new space for 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 myself, for also for reading, for new reading. Because earlier I had to read a lot of, for example, literature for for work, for reviewing them, uh, for 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 many other things. But it was it was work. So reading for work, maybe you you know this feeling. Yes, I know it's, that feeling very well. Yeah. To be honest, not always. Yeah, not always very pleasant, um, pleasant thing, especially when you. When you are in the middle of this, you know, market, and you have to, <laughs> um, uh, you have to see what is what, what, what is published, right? So, not everything is <laughs> well written, and hard to keep up with everything as well. Because the the pace sometimes is very very fast. Yeah, it's great that you've mentioned your your freelance work as a journalist and, and stuff like that. Because I really want to talk to you a bit about the huge amount of work that you actually do. I think it's, it impresses me. Um, I think I heard your dog in the background then. That was a little bark. But we'll get onto your dog later in the conversation as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Important. But um, <laughs> what I wanted to do today was um, 
because this whole podcast is a little bit about writing tips and the writing life and any wisdom that you could you can give um, the listeners about how you structure your day and your work and how you approach writing. Um, and I know that you have already been working with the National Centre for Writing to share five big tips that you have um, for writing, particularly non-fiction tips. And what I thought would be quite nice would be to go through each tip in turn, because they're really great tips. And I think they're, they're interesting subjects in themselves to talk about uh, in relation to your own work and your own life. So there's five big tips, and I'll go through them one by one. I'll let the listener know what, what they are. But then I thought I could sort of use them to, to get an insight into, into your life. So your first big tip, number one, when working on any bit of uh, nonfiction, as you say, is to find the reason, the aim for the work, and the audience for the work. Now, the reason I was particularly interested in relation to your, your own work is that you've written quite a, a broad range of very interesting, very varied books on subjects which are maybe quite niche or quite unexpected. So I know that you've written a book, uh, a biography of a, a very famous Polish singer. You've also written a, a biography of a very huge uh, uh, Polish actress and particularly comedian and her life. Um, so two amazing women, two complex, famous, interesting women You've also written about the summer of 1939 in Poland before the Second World War and the kind of culture and society at that moment in time, which is a, you know, potentially on the surface a very different subject. You've written travel books. You've translated politics books. Okay. Oh, thank you for all, all these nice words. Uh, <laughs> well, um, the, it was, I think, uh, it was like with uh, COVID. <laughs> I mean, I didn't choose it. It it was like it was it was destiny. Uh, so uh, normally, I'm um, I'm I uh, first maybe first of all, which is important information for listeners. I wouldn't call myself a writer because uh, I was always a journalist. So this is this is my you know. Uh, my, my my term which uh, best suits me but well as a journalist because of this you know changing changing of journalism um, I, I, I work a lot uh, in daily newspaper uh, it was like 10 or 15 years ago uh, but you know the market has changed, so I had uh, a nice column about literature, um, and then, well, <laughs> uh, and I didn't because you know the internet went, and uh, um, uh, now the internet has this power of information, um, uh, and it of course influence over. Um, regional papers, at least in, in Poland, but I think it's it's like it's everywhere in the world. And so, my my friend from publishing house once called me and asked me uh, if I would be interested in writing a book, a biography, and because I'm very enthusiastic about things, about new things, I answered. Of course, <laughs> of course, 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> but it was it was like it was like crazy, and um, I, I think I, I didn't know uh, what uh, um, what it meant, <laughs> to be honest. But I started, and I and I and I started to work very hard. Um, uh, I um, I hadn't have uh, so much time. I had only like uh, six months or something for research and writing, both. So you can imagine, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But I, but but I didn't know about not, almost anything about writing. So um, please forgive me. <laughs> uh, and um, <laughs> and so yeah, so it was the beginning and after the first book i said no never again so it was <laughs> over it was once very nice thank you <laughs> and goodbye yeah you did a big holiday for six months after those six months i imagine that must have been yes very intense well the book um, was sold and you know it was quite nice because it i i i i i can say it had some success so they asked me about another book another biography and well they convinced me <laughs> and <clears throat> so i i, I wrote uh, uh, another biography and then uh, also a publishing house uh, asked me if I would be interested in writing, uh, um, you know, this book about the last days before uh, the Second World War in Poland. And uh, it was very nice because um, I... Um, uh, um, I, I started to imagine how this book would uh, look like, and it was a great challenge also for me. So I don't know. I'm maybe <laughs> maybe that's crazy, but uh, I started from you know from not from you know from heart. I would say if if I can say like that, but you know from situation. I, I mean, did, was there a point when you were? taking on these projects when I mean, you didn't have much time in six months i suppose <laughs> very very compressed amount of time to write a book but was there a point where it shifted from the situation like you say and a, and a, and a job to being a passion project i mean these are fascinating subjects the, the two women you've done biographies for are, are huge cultural icons in in poland it'd be great if you could tell us a little bit about them as well um unfortunately i don't read polish so i haven't been able to read your books as much as I'd love to. Um, and I'd just love to know a little bit about, you know, was there a point when you were reading about these women in particular that you thought, actually, this is a, an amazing project to be involved in? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So this, it was to now, um, you know, frankly speaking, uh, quite important. Uh, I mean, women biography, because I'm, I'm very... Uh, so feminism is like my uh, my way of thinking about the world, just to, generally speaking. So uh, when I heard that I could write a biography about strong woman, you know, successful woman, uh, um, I, I thought, yeah, this is great. This, this, this would be great. So 
Anna Yantar was a singer, so um, because you you asked me about few words about the the first of my hearing, she was a singer. Uh, um, unfortunately, um, she lost her life in uh, uh, airplane catastrophe in uh, 1980 in Poland. She was almost uh, 30 years old, but very famous. So. She she's still a legend right now in Poland, and you know everybody knows her uh, songs. Um, although forty um, years pass, and the second uh, and the written about her was quite um, uh, quite interesting thing because I could uh, I could say. Um, much about history of Poland, of you know this of communism, or about pop culture, pop culture in communism, um, and the second heroine, Irena Kwiatkowska, <laughs> in Polish, uh, uh, she was uh, she was an actress, and she uh, <laughs> she lived for almost. 100 years <laughs> so very strong <laughs> woman uh, and well um, uh, she was born uh, in uh, 1912 um, and um, her biggest dream uh, was to be you know dramatic actress so she wanted to play you know this main role in you know, serious plays, serious dramas. But, uh, uh, well, it was this year, 1939, everything was changed. She was still a very young lady, but not so young. And after war, for, for an actress, after war, she had to, she had to take uh, whatever it was to take. So she started to play in a, um, cabaret, uh, and well, it occurred that she's good at uh, at these things. She's very, uh, you know, people or the audience uh, loved her. Uh, um, so well, this is very, in a way, dramatic uh, uh, history because it's the story of comedian who was a little bit. Not satisfied with what uh, what she does, but it's sometimes it, it, it happens uh, uh, very often. It also the story of Robin Williams probably. So yeah, you know this this the 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 depressed things behind the comedy faces. But it's just, it's just very interesting that you know on the surface someone might think. You know, I think there's a, a negative perception, particularly say in the UK, around celebrity biographies. You know, a lot of the time it's it's seen as a bit of quite quite pulpy. But what's so fascinating about what you've done there is you've used that biography as a means to really examine a kind of soci- societal condition, like you were saying. You know, the role of communism and, and pop culture and the tensions there, or internal conflicts. You know, very amazing things that a lot of us may feel. You know ending up in a, a job or a role that you didn't think you were ever going to end up in and the internal conflicts there. There's some very, you know, universal truths and, and very political and, and 
big, broad subjects kind of packed up within what seems like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a nice biography, but actually it's got a real depth to it, which I think is really fascinating, really fascinating. I, I think, you know, I, I think um, well-written uh, stories, um, whatever you write about, uh, they can they can say very important things about condition of humanity and of the world and of the history and you know um, through the lens of private lives you can see for example because um, yeah and biography examines uh, and private lives so through these lens you can see so much i mean uh, the, the the knowledge of what the what culture is about what the politics is about and many many very important things and so you don't need this scientific for example language to tell very important and very depth things and that's what i'm interested in that's the, probably this is the reason I I can I can write uh, still because without that uh, it would be very boring for me just to write you know some 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 things without reflection on. It strikes me that your change from from working as you say pure journalism to writing a, a longer form text, a full book, in fact, was was quite sudden. And you mentioned it was hard. It sounds like it was very hard being only six six months, which is incredible. What were the biggest changes for you there? What's the diff- big differences between working as a journalist and working as a writer? Because it's interesting, you know, mm-hmm. your first tip here, find the reason, the aim and the audience, in a way, sounds like a journalist talking. Do you know what I mean? That's a, that's a journalist mindset to think very carefully about what's going to yeah. happen, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um good point about this the audience because well it's it's tricky one because the audience it's of course from journalism it's journalism way of thinking way of thinking i totally agree but on the other hand the the audience doesn't mean always you know uh, broad scene or something uh, the audience might also mean yourself or i don't know your imagine your imagination or something yeah, so but you have to know you have to know the limits of your writing somehow because it might be very useful for the future for yourself and um, in this case you can know how to write and uh, what to say and so on so this is the thing about the audience and well yeah so <laughs> What what uh, what did it change uh, uh, this shift? Uh, I, I think this kind of thinking. So I I started to, <laughs> to 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 think about many things in not very easy way because I had to uh, invent myself once again. Um, I had to um, invent uh, my writings. So not not writings for newspaper by my own language, uh, which is which I, I, I'm still in the process of, of of this because it's 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 very difficult. So uh, um, 
you have to also look at things from your perspective, which is also very important for 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 me as a journalist. I can hide behind you know <laughs> the people, the stories, and now um, although uh, it's my narrative, but but still. I can, you know, quote somebody or something which is quite different than to um, to speak. And yeah, language and speaking. Uh, uh, as a journalist, uh, I um, I heard I heard a lot of I listened to other people to and I I, I read a lot of stories. Um, uh, and it was enough. Just then, you have you had to, uh, you know, put the uh, uh, put the sentences and uh, chapters, and um, it was okay. And now it was enough. And now I have to think much more what I'd like to say. And I, for example, this interview is. The best example. I have to answer your question, <laughs> which is unusual for journal for journalists, and it's it's new situation because I'm aware of what I'm saying. Because well, can I say that? For example, uh, it's not researched, <laughs> so you know because this is the way of uh, of thinking of uh, as a journalist. So it's quite new, it's quite hard, and I think it's not about only literature, but it's about uh, uh, how I work uh, and how I think about myself and about the world. But it's, you know, it's. Um, I think it's uh, it's good because you know I, I like this uh, uh, the, 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 this process because. It it means that you are uh, you you discover every day or every week you discover something new about yourself. You can you can see uh, um, you can see things from new perspective. I really love that. You know, again going back to the tip of it, it, as I said originally, it feels like a kind of journalistic practice. Find the reason, the aim, the audience. But what you're saying there is, yes, it's very practical from that perspective. But it's also practical in setting, as a writer, um, the limits around how to manage that project. And then also begins to help you develop your own voice. Like you say, that's a really interesting way of, of putting it, that actually you're putting up little fences, not, not from a pure marketing point of view. You're putting up little fences to help you work out your territory and your voice and how you can move through this idea and this concept, I think is a really really interesting way of looking at it and speaking of putting up fences and organizing things i think we should move on to the the second tip that you gave which is a big one which is uh you must organize your space and your time um which i'm sure to anyone who does anything let alone writing it is probably the most pressing thing that any of us have to do at all times but you know i think for you to flip it back on you again um sorry to do this again I find this particularly poignant with you because, as you mentioned at the, the beginning of this interview, um, you are involved in a hell of a lot of stuff. You know, so you've not only do you write books in six months, which I've just discovered, which is insane. You are, of course, you know, a journalist. You're a critic. 
Uh, you're a consultant on literary projects. Um, you run a very popular and, and very regular blog. Uh, you're a collaborator with magazines. Um, you do a hell of a lot. So how do you balance all of those things? How, how do you... How do you organize your, your space and time? And how do you make sure everything gets the right amount of attention? Well, good question, uh, uh, but I'm aware I don't have good answer <laughs> because uh, um, sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, um, I can't manage. I mean, well, it's a great price to, high price to pay because of all of these activities. Um, but uh, first of all, well, uh, I don't do them, you know, at the same same time. So divide times is very nice because you can you 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 can do this and then that, especially when you write when you write where you are in the books in this you know imagination of your. Of your of your books and all of materials, it's very nice to um, to have something different. Not only that I can walk, you know, for a walk with my dog, or I can go. I mean, I cannot now, but normally I can I can go to the gym or somewhere to the cafes. Well, I miss so much, uh, but. Um, uh, it's uh, it's very comfortable because you can, for example, you know, in the evening, uh, I'm kind of night old. So in the evening or at night, uh, you, you write your book and uh, during the day you can do something different. But um, so um, I think the most challenging is time and rest and you know especially when you like your work and i'm this i'm good example uh, it's very hard to i mean you have to think about um, relax i mean put away your work and which is sometimes impossible because what does, for example, writing book means? It doesn't mean only that you sit in front of your desk and you write uh, your book, but it also means that you, you can go to to the shop or you can go for a walk and you still think about the sentences, about what you want to write. So um, it's not this kind of work from you know eight till three uh, and that's it it's over um, so um, yeah i have to be i have to be very careful about myself about my mental health uh, because um, it also influences on my um, sleeping sometimes so I, I i cannot sleep quite well and well although i have some habits uh, I, I need them well, you, sometimes it happens that uh, that well, uh, for example, I I have to do something new because of the project, because of deadlines, and you know it ruins of everything. But you have to because, for example, nice residence, uh, 
uh, <laughs> is coming to you and uh, you have to you, you you have to find a month uh, for just to be to be there and to think about what you want to do but but this is good you know this uh, i think uh yeah, well, what I what I said just before the new things might uh, mean quite uh, challenging, and sometimes we are aware of them. But it's the chance for it. It's a chance because we can we can we can change something, and we can um, uh, yeah. We, we can see ourselves from new perspective. Yeah, I know that I repeat it very often, but but I but this is very important. No, I see. Uh, and have you have you discovered anything then in the last few months? This is what you're saying. Have you discovered, or or can you give any tips then to other writers about? Because what you're saying here is that it's very important to switch off. In fact, you you're involved in so yes. many things that you need to put a little bit of a a little boundary around it. Actually. And, and do you have any tips then? What do you, what well, do you do? You've mentioned walking with your dog, which sounds absolutely lovely, and going to the gym when you can. But do you have any other things that you like <laughs> to do that yeah. that help you relax and complement your writing? I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. Uh, well, well, about discovering, I, I had to. I had to. Uh, I, I have to say something about this discovering, which I think it will. Not to be very <laughs> um, new um, uh, or unknown, but uh, uh, well, I discovered that I uh, I love traveling so much, <laughs> and mm. now I can. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but but uh, yeah, but I well, uh, I, I traveled a little uh, uh, before COVID, but. Um, I didn't knew that uh, uh, I didn't know that I, I I like it so much, and now I know it. For example, and also um, I didn't appreciate I think uh, the possibility of uh, physically meeting with the others. Now I uh, I appreciate you know the chance that I I, I can see with somebody. So. I'm very uh, when I go, for example, to the city, I see details, you know, walls, people, everything is fresh because I'm not in a hurry and I, I'm in a slow pace. So um, when I go to the bookshop, for example, one of my favorite bookshop in Krakow for, I don't know, character. You, we, we have very nice bookshop or the Revolutionibus. Uh, um, I'm, you know, it's like a holiday because it, it, it doesn't happen very often right now because I'm not, I'm not so often in the center of Krakow. So it's like, uh, you know, adventure to go there and to see, see with, uh, with my friends from, uh, with my local Joes <laughs> in Krakow, um, uh, books, uh, yeah, <laughs> booksellers, and with Kasia or with uh, um, with Basha uh, who works uh, in a, a character uh, bookshop. So, so yeah. But you asked me also about this uh, thing, uh, uh, which are. 
useful in um, you know d divide work and uh, and non work space, right? So um, yeah, I think sleeping is very important. I mean, maybe it sounds obvious for for many, but uh, I wouldn't say so. I um, I hear. Uh, many stories, uh, uh, many unpleasant stories about people who can't uh, who can't sleep, or they sleep uh, not so long as they should. So sleeping is very very important. I mean, because for your uh, uh, for your body, for your uh, mental things, and yeah. Uh, and don't hesitate to, to 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 make naps during the day. If yeah, so also good eating and quality of friendship. I think mm. because it's mm. like um, it it might also sound very obvious, but uh, but it's not. I mean, mm. and mm. this COVID shows mm. uh, the things like that. But well. Mm, if you if you have a chance, uh, just a writer to to start something new, which you didn't do uh, earlier because of I don't know something, for example, start to meditate, for example, or something, just just do it. So start new mm -hmm. things. It's also very good for uh, um, for 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 this, you know. Um, doing things except of working on your text and on your book, mm. finding new things. And yeah. it's very, you know, I think it's good advice for for artists because it's like you can, you, you have to be creative in thinking about yourself. Mm. I think in a way it's, it, even when you're not working and you say, I'm going to sleep or I'm going to meditate or whatever it'll be, in a way that will help your work. So it is kind yeah. of working, but in a way that's going to, be better for you rather than um, maybe more destructive and leading to you to be very stressed or unhappy. You know? right. I'd love to know a little bit about the other work that you do. So aside from the books that you've written, and I know that you're involved, as I said, you're involved in magazines and you write your your blog and you're involved in lots of literary projects. I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about the projects you're involved in right, right now. Just give us a little snapshot and overview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm still, as a journalist, write a lot of things for magazines, uh, mainly reviews, but also interviews. So I write uh, um, quite often, I publish quite often in uh, monthly magazine, uh, psychology magazine, which is called Characters, Charaktere uh, in Polish. Uh, and I talk there with uh, uh, writers. So the the reason is the book they 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 publish but we uh, we talk uh, about many many things also you know in the psychological context but i also uh, write reviews for 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 magazines i and yeah uh, you you mentioned about my portal portal and it it's called Vilichanka. Uh, on the, it is on Facebook, on internet, on Instagram, and on YouTube. I have also a YouTube channel, and it's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, because you you have to you have to be 
uh, yeah, yeah well you have to find you know the new posts or record new material for youtube and you are not only a journalist but you you are also a producer and sound engineer and things like that so so many things to do and um, uh, well uh, um, uh, it, it's a big job, uh, I, I would say. Uh, um, so, Vlichanka um, uh, needs more, much time. So, um, but but yeah, but it, it's good also for communication. And well, if, um, uh, there is a place where I can write whatever I want to. So I can promote, let's say promote, but well, but yeah, promote some some books, uh, for example, um, uh, academic books. We, uh, I read them a lot. So academic books uh, don't have uh, always uh, many chances to to be promoted in you know mainstream media, but I can do that because well. Why not? Uh, and also, you know, um, uh, there's a lot of uh, of books about things uh, I like the most. Or, I don't know. For example, women's feminism, uh, um, LGBT things, uh, um, and yeah, stuff like that. So um, yeah, and I, I and I can talk with. Uh, um, with writers, so it's also a chance to uh, to, to have uh, this opportunity to you know to uh, to change um, something in your mind because uh, I have to be focused in this uh, interview on somebody's mind, not mine. So it's also very good for me, especially when I write book because I, all the time I'm in the book, so it's like crazy because... You, you mentioned a couple of times now, I just wanted to touch on it lightly, your interest in, in feminism, and I just wondered where that might have, have come from. It feels like that's a theme that, you know, by happenstance when you were asked to do a, a biography or by choice, it seems to be something that is a big theme throughout your life. Thank you for this question. There are there are many answers for for it. So, but I, but I what you know, uh, um, uh, but I won't uh, tell uh, everything because of the time mainly. But uh, one uh, answer is quite personal because of my experience with you know with um, in a family. Family is a strong concept in Poland, but it's also a chance to see how you know gender things are constructed so i see very clearly what happens with my mom for example with my grandma uh, in relation between between my mother and my father so um, uh, and i i started to think i started to read uh, you know um, classical feminism um, writers um, and it was at the university, so I also went to the seminary of feminism, which was possible in Krakow in in, in two thousand one. 
I had very nice seminar about it. Um, and well, I started to le- to to read uh, a lot of Virginia Woolf. You know, it was the time when uh, you probably know the 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 movie The Hours, yes, based yeah. on the novel by Michael Cunningham. So I think it might be for 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 I, I think many listeners know and love. I hope so, Virginia Woolf. But if not, if there is a chance uh, that somebody uh, doesn't love, which is unacceptable, the hours might be very nice introduction to Virginia Woolf. For those who don't know, that it's an interesting film that's sort of three stories in parallel, one of which is about Virginia Woolf's life, one is which about about the book Mrs. Dalloway, and one about somebody who's studying Virginia Woolf, if memory serves me well. but that, So it's quite a good all-rounder for if you haven't come across her. And I agree with Martin, you definitely should if you get a chance to. <laughs> but, but then you, you should read our, our, our diaries and, our, and, of course, a room of one's own. Uh, uh, a great essay about condition of of write, writer. Mm, uh, of course, you, uh, the, the, at that time I read a lot of Virginia Woolf, uh, you know, with love. So now I, I I read her with critica, more critica because of of, of many things, you know. Uh, but um, yeah, so writers and also activism uh, was very important for me. And, you know, I, I um, this kind of activism in writing, in journalism, so I, uh, I put an effort to, to, uh, to write uh, um, essays on women's uh, in Krakow, in, uh, you know, local space, also in, in literature. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, made an interview with uh, uh, wise women and so on. So, well, so it was like, now it's like, for me, it's um, just normal. I mean, when you you ask me about feminism, I, I sometimes have problems to, uh, to, to, to say about it because, well, feminism is word for me. It's like a, you know, uh, um, it, 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 it couldn't mean anything, uh, um, you know, just, yeah, equality, feminism, things like that is, uh, is something which is, you know, uh, which should be, uh, which, which should be everywhere. But, but, but of course, it doesn't work so well uh, everywhere, especially in Poland. We have now uh, many uh, women's strikes, uh, women's movement. So, you know, we're in the process of, you know, um, of, of, of some things. Um, yeah, against uh, this abortion law and so on. But um, I observe it very carefully. Uh, and I try to do, you know, uh, what I can. So I'm kind of activist, for example, not not this the, the, this kind of guy who uh, goes to the streets and fight and shout. But 
through literature, through what what I do, through what what the, what I think, and how I live, I can do much more. And that's what I thought from Rebecca Solnit, as as uh, as you might know. So Rebecca Rebecca Solnit is my new discover, like from last year or something. So I love her so much. Yeah, so there are there are four books translated into Polish, and I hope uh, there will be much more because, um, yeah, I think she's worth, and we are worth. <laughs> I mean, Polish audience. And that's one of her big lessons, isn't it? This idea that you know, actually, even a very small thing, you don't, you know. I think we, we Marcin and I had a conversation the other day about many many things under under the sun, actually, about reading and books and bookshops. One thing we were talking about was Rebecca Solnit, and you reminded me of her message, which is, you know, even if you were one person standing there with a placard outside, um, supporting a a movement or or a cause, if no one said anything to you at the time, your your action might have a little ripple effect through time, and someone might look back on it and think, actually, that inspires me to do something. So, it's always worth doing something in however you can, which I think is a lovely. A lovely message. Speaking of Rebecca Solnit and Virginia Woolf, um, your third tip for writers out there is to read and read a lot. Um, I know that's in relation to the research specifically about a, a certain book or project that someone might be working on. Um, but I just wondered if you had any tips in particular around great pieces of non nonfiction, because your your advice here centers around making sure that if you want to write a piece of nonfiction, read nonfiction that you think is absolutely brilliant and, and try and understand why you think it's brilliant and what makes it so compelling and see if you can begin to form your own voice or your own structure based on that. So do you have any, we've spoken about Rebecca Solnit being a great one, but do you have any other writers of, of nonfiction that you think you know writers could really learn a lot from or you have learned a lot from? Yeah, I, I I learned a lot of uh, from um, unfortunately Polish uh, writers. Unfortunately, because it's not good <laughs> information mm. for 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 you, 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 you should definitely learn Polish. It, I should. It will yeah. be much easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I'd done before this interview. I could have read it. <laughs> there you go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so. But but I think one of her book is translated is has just translated by Antonia Lloyd Jones, or maybe I'm wrong. But Magdalena Grzebałkowska, um, it's her name, and she wrote very nice. Oh, she she wrote a lot of books. She lot of um, she lot, uh, she 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 wrote biographies. Um, uh, and she wrote also a book about history, about one year in history. It was 1945. So ah, that is year. a phenomenal book. Yes. So it, 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 is, it is translated. So I like the way of uh, her thinking about writing because he, uh, she, she joins, um, uh, you know, the the way of uh, journalism writing with well literature 
you uh, you've asked me about non-fiction writers now i i read um, it's very hard because there are a lot of great uh, non-fiction writers but maybe it will be easy for me to answer who i am reading right now or whose books i uh, i'm reading right now and uh, um, i i read a lot of uh, books about uh, animal human animal relationship right now so mm-hmm. this is human animal relation uh, and um, there are also a lot of uh, english language books for example one i think classical author is peter zinger so if if one wants to uh, to, to to know something about uh, you know animal rights or something uh, Peter Singer is definitely should be definitely on the list. Uh, Eric Barate is a French historical writer, but uh, I think uh, he might be translated into English. So Carl Safina, it's also uh, it's totally it's uh, he's he's American uh, if, if I'm right. Uh, so Carl Safina. Uh, and maybe John Bradshaw also. John Bradshaw writes a lot of um, uh, books about dogs, about you know the the the, uh, the living of dogs. So it might be also very interesting. Um, but uh, well. I definitely well. The, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because you, you ask me about nonfiction, and now I, I would like to ask uh, to to say that uh, uh, the best way, of course, it's also journalism way of uh, thinking. Uh, if you want to write a biography, you should you should uh, um, you should read twenty of biographies or something, the best biographies. But um, uh, I should also recommend uh, uh, classical literature. I mean, it's always good to to back to to classical and to read, you know, with this new open. Uh, so not 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 because you 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 must read or you have to read it. At because you are at school and you you, you have to know uh, uh, all cl- of classical literature, but uh, you have you 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 can read now with you know fresh thoughts and you can choose um, you can choose uh, things uh, uh, which you can find there some new perspective once again uh, um, new points of view and with classical literature is always safe i mean <laughs> uh, uh, the recommendation is like for good literature, and what's interesting, um, uh, what's more, it's like when you are, for example, when you when you read, well, let's say Virginia Woolf because Virginia Woolf is totally classical. So when you read Virginia Woolf when you are twenty, uh, and then you read when you are forty, for example, it's slightly different readings because you are different. And things you see in in literature might be different, but still, it's very good things to read. So, mm. so that, yeah. that's what I 
yeah, or yeah. a command, yeah. Lovely, lovely. And I think that the book that you mentioned at the beginning there by the, the Polish writer, which is great because we can read it because it's been translated, it was um, 1947, When Now Begins, if I remember correctly, which I think is a really great recommendation, actually, because, it, and it relates a lot to what you were saying before, Marcin, about using a subject to, to think about different contexts, like the biographies that you've written, thinking about politics and culture, because that book intertwines, uh, well, it looks at one moment in history, as you say, but it looks at culture, economics, it looks at politics, and then looks at how the decisions made or things that happened in that year affected the rest of, of history up until this point and the, and the reality we're living in now. So that's a really interesting book. And I know that many customers of the book, I've loved that. Your, your fourth tip is all about d- doing your research um, and uh, when you do when you write any 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 piece of nonfiction um, and I'm really interested in this precisely because your books sound like you you take a very novel approach to to your research so I, as far obviously I can't read them in in Polish but as far as I understand your books are often made up of interviews and personal histories and and verbal histories but also press clippings and I understand that you've traveled to very unexpected places um, to, to gather your your research um, and I was just wondering if you have any tips there for for writers you know when they say research the image comes to mind of somebody sitting in a in an archive for hours on end writing but how how have you found life in your research how have you made that a, 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 it sounds fascinating I'd just love to know how you you go about your research yeah, so uh, the the fourth tip which you mentioned, it's like after because uh, yeah, yeah, the the first book I I I I wrote, I had only six months, so yeah, we agree, it's crazy, it was, but uh, after this uh, <laughs> extreme experience, <laughs> um, uh, I told my publisher uh, uh, what I need the most is time, because the time is everything when you when you want to write a good book. Now I know that. So I the second book I wrote almost three years, which I don't recommend because you need to <laughs> um, you need to have money to do so so long this this kind of uh, this kind of book, uh, 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 but yeah, so you need time and you need um, you need money, as Virginia Woolf <laughs> told us, um, because especially uh, uh, when you make a research. Uh, and when you want to see things how they look like, you have to go somewhere. So with third book, um, I and this book about the last days before the Second World War, I traveled a lot because the idea of the book was just to see the these last days from many geographical perspectives. So I. I, I went through uh, through all the Poland almost to to to, to find uh, to find people, but uh, um, so it was quite difficult to 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 you know to conduct. But uh, 
but I think it was worth because uh, you know the experiences, for example, in big cities are quite different, were quite different than experiences of people in small cities or in the villages, right? So Poland was like uh, mainly villages uh, country. Uh, uh, and you know, I also wanted to 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 write about this historical time from uh, from different perspective of people. So I have I have bookshopper uh, uh, there one. Uh, I have uh, book uh, bookseller. I have uh, I have uh, architect. I have uh, um, I have many other you know uh, people uh, and you, you can see the world from many pers- perspectives which I which I think is is, is very very important uh, in nonfiction books that you you can you, you have this you know this how how to say I, I cannot even find this word in Polish, but yeah, perspectives, perspectives, you know, uh, um, uh, are very important. That you, you, you cannot, you cannot see things from from many points of view. Uh, so uh, researching in this uh, meaning uh, uh, is not only to travel, but um, uh, meant also. To go into some, you know, community sometimes. To and you need and again you need time because the first meeting is just to you know to say what you do and to speak what you want to hear. The second meeting is well we we start to 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 speak about some things. The third meeting maybe we start to to speak about the past. And you know, it's uh, another thing is working with the memory, especially when you uh, when you want to um, to to evoke the past. You need to to work with the memory of people, and the memory is very tricky also because uh, people uh, remember sometimes uh, not so well. Because of many things, because of many factors, not only because they just don't remember, sometimes they don't want to remember some things. And uh, uh, it happens that these uh, not remember things sometimes are the most interesting for journalists, for writers. And this is the moment when you when you have to start to work with the memory of people in this you know broader sense. So the working with the memory is also process and it needs time and uh, it's not uh, it's not easy. Sometimes you fail uh, because especially well, I have my pers- my my perspective is quite modern for for many people. So uh, the questions uh, uh, which I give them 
sometimes are uh, for them unbelievable. So, for example, I can I can give you one example. I I ask one lady about traveling from small city to to big city every day or every week, and so she spent a lot of time on a train. And I ask her, well, how did it look like? For example, did you eat anything there? Uh, during you know the journey, and she was like, "Oh, we we don't speak about eating in the public because you know." And it was like for for her, it was it was not the top, it was not topic, right, to to, wow. to speak about things. So, yeah, but there there are much more because our. Uh, our thinking about the past is quite modern so we search some some uh, many many things which we are you know used to them for example for, uh, feminism is uh, an example right good example so some some very obvious things right now weren't obvious for women in the past so this is one of the example and the other is the sexuality, for example, right? Right. So you, now we, we can speak quite openly about many things, but not people from the past. It, it wasn't like that because of, of many factors again. So, yes, so this is working with, uh, uh, with research in, I think it is specific for historical book, uh, which I wrote um, uh, because uh, I'm I'm interested so much in private lives, and private lives is you know private space. But I need information. <laughs> yeah, the way you've described what your research there, you know, it's interesting that despite the fact that you're coming onto this project as a writer you also end up playing the role of a kind of anthropologist and a, um, a psychologist and a sociologist, even a therapist, you know, as you're mining, I think, for those different perspectives, which is a huge, uh, a huge job to do. And, uh, you know, particularly, as you just said, if the job of the writer there is to, to find different perspectives, you've talked about finding different perspectives in space, so traveling to different places literally ge geographically and making sure you're speaking to different people but also perspectives through time as you say so there might be a perspective may have changed across time but also with memory as you said just how you might read the same piece of Virginia Woolf you, you may have a different reaction to it our perspectives change through time as well so trying to uncover those things is a it's a, a three-dimensional job which is actually really quite quite challenging have you you know you mentioned the lady saying she didn't want to talk about speaking on a train have you have you ever come across you know what have been the biggest challenges for you i think in that job that you've just described there um have you ever had any other really significant challenges to there are a lot and, and now i'm thinking about because yeah it, it happens some sad things also because yeah as i told you sometimes you fail uh, and uh, you, you you don't succeed because of something 
because uh, you know um, because somebody doesn't understand uh, uh, the work you do or sometimes somebody somebody uh, expected something different and it happened twice or yeah twice uh, uh, during writing this book about the last days uh, before the second world war um, uh, that i spent a lot of time a really lot of time uh, um, talking and meeting with very nice people and when because i always do like that the way i work when i uh, when i after my work after writing this piece uh, um, the, this, this chapter about them uh, i send them uh, you know this the, these pages and uh, their reaction was oh no what did you do and it was very unpleasant because they uh, they tried to they tried to say they tried to manipulate and doing things very unpleasant which i now understand i understood uh, I, I was of course you know <laughs> Uh, uh, the, the, the devastated at the time, but now I'm, I understand because we don't understand. So, but it's also an experience for me. Uh, uh, I mm, so I decided not to put this chapter into uh, the whole book because I I could the, do this because it wasn't so you know essential for 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 the narration of of the whole book but yeah sometimes uh, sometimes it happens so this is the most challenging um, I'd like to say uh, um, by saying this, uh, uh, this 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 story that um, you meet with the other and uh, the nice thing is that you meet with the other and the uh, <laughs> not nice thing is that you meet with the other and if you know what i mean and sometimes sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and uh, uh, especially when you work on your book, because it's my book, not there, but you use their stories, somebody's stories. You have to negotiate, you know, the the the, the, the narration, and and uh, you, it it doesn't mean that you always win. So I don't know if if it's very pleasant answer for for your pleasant question <laughs> but uh, definitely it's true answer uh, i suppose an important question there would be then how did you work through that because that's a, a significant challenge to be you know someone that you feel it's gone really well and then they say i don't think you've represented me correctly or or, or whatever how did you as a writer how did you come to terms with that and how have you worked through that? And how do you plan for that, I suppose, uh, if, if you can plan for it in your work moving forward? Okay, so 
I I learn just I, I learn I'm 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 open so I try not to think uh, that I'm awful person and well I I, I cannot uh, write so uh, just to understand the situation because every situation has the key and uh, it's like you you don't know the key so maybe it means that you don't know you know the the circumstances uh, so i try to it may be it's, it's also the way of journalists working but i but i try to uh, try to get to know much as i can um, about about situation and i also learn not to to think too much about you know this uh, the 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 bad circumstances so um, the best way just to practically speaking is to i don't know to speak with somebody for example when you fail or just to to put away for a while it might also be the story for four years it's like in in life and you know to 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 work on other chapters so and um, um i do it and it also you know it's also a lesson for 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 you that which is very important and you you, you cannot do everything so you know when somebody for example my my friends who don't write the books they sometimes seem to think oh my god it's so much job you you, you did and i said oh well but you you don't see how much i didn't do or <laughs> how much i i couldn't do because of because of many things so I think the, the 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 best way is just to uh, not to think too much about you know the sense, the meanings, because sometimes things don't have the meanings, and uh, especially if you don't uh, if you don't have the keys. Yes. No. I think it's very interesting because it reminds me of, um, and this is my recommendation to you now that you've spurred me to read 1947 and when i can your books um there's a fantastic essay collection by a irish writer called ian mullaney a young irish writer who's very involved in the literary scene in ireland um and stinging fly which is a great literary magazine and he actually used to be a sound engineer that was his original um career choice trained in but he's now become a writer i think he's still involved in music and and sound engineering but his essay collection at the heart of it is the fact that his grandfather is diagnosed with dementia and alzheimer's um and in response uh ian decides to record his grandfather with his microphone and to write about his grandfather and in an in an effort to capture his grandfather and preserve his grandfather but one of the most interesting things about it is he says in the act of writing about something do we actually get closer to it or do we turn the thing into a subject and and by doing that accidentally push it away um and i think that's 
attention that is at the heart of a lot of, of writing, fiction and nonfiction, I would say. But it's fascinating to me there, you know, what we were saying, you know, when we try and dig up memories, we're, we're, we're doing that as well. Are we getting closer to the thing or are we turning it into a subject? And what you've described there, I think it, you're right. It, it's always there. It's a paradox that I think is always, always going to be in play. Um, and it's fascinating to, to, to hear how you have to ride that as a, as a nonfiction writer, you know. Thank you for that. It's it's great. I think it's also that that's what I'm thinking right now. It's also this 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 question: What do we or how do we use the history? And it's of course a big question. But you know, this politics of memory, politics of history. What I want to do is get onto your last your last point, your last tip, which I think it relates to what you've just been saying, which is to, to writers to imagine themselves. Uh, at work. So when they're about to embark on a project, we've mentioned they need to do their research, they need to find people they admire and how they might structure their work, but to actually imagine themselves practically doing things. And I think you've actually covered a lot of that in what you were saying about a lot of travel and, and the people that you'd be speaking to and the role you might have to play. But in a kind of lateral leap, I thought it might be interesting to say that this whole project of bringing you here virtually to, to Norwich and to be closer to us is part of a project called Imagining the City. And you are currently imagining this city of Norwich um, through this conversation and through all the projects you're doing. Um, and to add to your seemingly never-ending list of projects that you're involved in, I understand that you are doing a, a project uh, about bookshops as part of this. And obviously being very selfishly selfish here, I suppose, as a bookseller, I'm very interested in what you're your projects about. So I just wondered if you could explain a little bit about how you're finding Imagining Norwich and how the, the research into bookshops comes into that. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm a lover of bookshops, small, independent small bookshops. Wherever I go, uh, the, the, one of the first thing is to search, you know, small, cozy bookshop and to, to, um, to go and to speak to uh, to smell because this, the smell is very important in, in, in bookshops because of books but not only not always uh, <laughs> and and in uh, yeah and um, I also recorded some uh, YouTube uh, uh, episodes about bookshops uh, in in Poland with my with my friend who uh she's uh, an activist for 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 bookshopping for for independent bookshopping uh, and we we went uh, through the polish independent uh, bookshops uh, in and um, and spoke with you know with with people who who worked there uh, and it was like 3 years ago or something and um and well I support from still I support bookshops generally because of many reasons, and I thought when I when I when I heard about this residence, uh, I thought it would be uh, quite interesting and also for 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 my my audience. I mean, from audience of Lichanka Portal, that uh, uh, they could compare. How it works, how the things work in Poland and in 
the United Kingdom and in Norwich especially, because, you know, when you are in Poland and when you read about the United Kingdom, you probably know so much and, you know, uh, uh, very, very nice different things, but you don't know probably much about uh, small bookshops and about Norwich, which, which is uh, for, I think, for Polish society, uh, um, not you know, I let, let let me call it a special city in many ways because we have small cities, but um, I because I try to find you know similar city which I can compare with Norwich, you know population and you know history, and I cannot find this this kind of city in Poland so. Uh, and, and Norwich generally, yeah, so it's, maybe it's because of the history also of, of Poland, because as you, as, as you know, it's not very happy history. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I think not only because of that. Uh, and uh, it's bookshops, especially now in this crazy COVID uh, area, um, era, uh, had to change a little and you know independence means that you don't want to change because of <laughs> because of situation outside but you know so and the the new the new challenge was for example for many bookshops uh, social media and they had they they had choice to to go into it or not. For example, you I mean Bookhive uh, have this very nice project page against the machine, uh, and um, you had to you had to go with it uh, into Zoom, and it's slightly different, isn't it? I suppose in its original incarnation was was about switching off technology uh, and spending time away from the screen. Yeah. Uh, and to read to now say well actually zoom is everywhere i suppose we spend so much time maybe we just leave it in the background but we can have that sense of togetherness but yes i agree with you that was i was very reluctant to do that for a very long time but it was the it was the customers of the book hive that said when are you going to do page against the machine uh, through zoom you know so it was thanks to them pushing (laughs) so thank you everybody for pushing me to do that and it is working and it's wonderful but it, it still feels slightly odd i agree with you yeah yeah, so um, I have also I, I'm 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 the host of uh, reading club, classical reading club in 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 Krakow. So and um, um, it was um, almost the same uh, as you said about page against the machine that you. Uh, so it's like against against the machine, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and uh, uh, we we also. Uh, we also love to, you know, to meet in reality, but not in, you know, in this uh, um, in this uh, computers, but in reality. But we had uh, um, we had a very sad uh, uh, choice to do it or not to do it, to do it virtually or not to do it because because of uh, because of COVID. So. This is one of example, but I'm also interested in many other things like uh, who 
are behind the bookshops and how do they look like and you know uh, i'm uh, i'm also interested in this perspective of uh, people who come into the bookshops because you you can find so so many different uh, posts images uh, about bookshops for example um, uh, yeah in uh, in instagram and you can see how people see also the book hype which is also important so but to be honest i i've, I've changed my mind in a way that uh, at first I, I thought it would be an interview or an uh, reportage on bookshops but uh, when i started to work on this project and to to read and to find um, sources in the internet in social media also to speak with you because you are amazing and you are inspired and gosh no this is about you not about me come on that's very kind of you but thank you <laughs> Um, and um, I, I started to think about an essay which would be very appropriate to, to, to the situation and I could I could put there you know some things would would and maybe again this is the way of thinking of uh, journalists but uh, I, I, I could put there some things which might be uh, you know readable for wider audience not only norwich or krakow but it would be an essay about you know the condition of of bookshops because i think it's um, yeah it's the it's the topic so norwich uh, uh, and bookshops there so are reasons so this is you know the 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 the, the things at the beginning but uh, but uh, but we i mean society not only literary society but the society um, you know in a wider uh, meaning uh, broader meaning we have to we have to be um, we have to be tender uh, you know about bookshops and well so now I put all together, you know, all, all the thoughts, uh, um, and still I, I I'm trying to uh, to get to know some some something new and also about the history because um, I think bookshops it's kind of you know condition of selling things, selling ideas very similar to the small independent uh, recording shops um, so yeah it will be I, 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 i'm in the process but hopefully in the nearest future it will be uh, well i demand say. that to be translated into english so i can read along with everyone else because that sounds absolutely brilliant um brilliant and i love the word about society being tender to bookshops. That's a very nice choice of word there. I'm intrigued to know what what that means. Yeah, it's very, very Tender, okay, tender is after Olga Tokarczuk, uh, a Nobel Prize um, in literature, Polish writer, because she wrote about tenderness. And I think, uh, uh, so to be tender, 
it's you know it's because it's not only about uh, uh, buying books or t- going into bookshops but it's you know that you that you are very aware of what uh, what what is happening with uh, with the books as a thing as a you know construct as uh, something which is very important for culture for society but also for politics and for relationship not only with other people but also with yourself so in this sense bookshops independent bookshops might mean um, very much uh, and uh, in this sense we have to be tender as we tender about our lives or the lives of um, people who we love mm. It's a lovely, it's a lovely notion, and it's really interesting that you brought that author up in particular, author of "Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of Your Dead," etc. And I can find a little link here between her writing, because a big theme of that book was about tenderness towards non-humans and animals and animal rights. Um, and you mentioned earlier in the interview that your next project, or, or the project that might be forming at the moment, you're not quite sure yet will be about our relationship with animals. Um, you know, and the, your fifth tip was imagine yourself at work. So I just thought, imagining forward to, to after this residency and, and, and once sadly this residency is over, although I, I believe we're going to keep talking, which is great. Um, what What is this project going to look like and what is it that you're studying? It sounds absolutely fascinating. Uh, so right now, right now I... Uh, I read a lot, so this is this is what I what, what I do. But I uh, but I think also a lot, and I go for walks with my dog, <laughs> and uh, and speak with people who work with dogs uh, in many contexts. Because there are so many contexts, uh, I, I, I couldn't believe the, the, there are so many threats in, you know, in dogs, and um, I, I'm thinking about dogs as uh, the example of non-human beings, and uh, as non-human beings, they might say something new which i like it uh, about ourselves because i um, i think from from that perspective we can we can see much more uh, uh, and especially that because uh, we are responsibility we are responsible uh, for uh, uh, for dogs because dogs are not the, the, it's to be privileged to be a dog when you are animal <laughs> um, and when you live on earth it's uh, it's the privilege to be um, to be the dog i think almost the same with the cats although there is a fight between cats and dogs uh, <clears throat> but uh, but but it's something different that uh, from being, uh, I don't know, pigs 
uh, or uh, or somebody uh, somebody's uh, some other human being non-human beings so i'm i'm interested in this perspective so it's not it's not new there are a lot of books very you know very uh, very good books and uh, very thoughtful books um, um, and I will see I, I I try to put myself into this narration although I because I'm yeah, I'm very interested also in the history as I, as I said so I try to uh, I try to I try to track how uh, dogs uh, were seen in the history in in, in 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 many contexts so because dogs nowadays are quite different than dogs in in the past and the dogs in europe are quite different than the dogs in other countries so everything counts uh, everything uh, is interesting for me uh, and uh, uh, i see so uh, uh, as you as you uh, uh, as you said uh, i'm working currently i don't know which is also very nice because it's like the new situation it is my choice my first choice so i have uh, i have uh, much time and i have space in myself to you know to to, to explore uh, the topic uh, and uh, we'll see mm. that's wonderful i mean again to your your theme of perspectives to go from looking at perspectives from different geographies to looking at perspectives through time now to jump from perspective human perspective to non-human perspective is a really fantastic challenge and something i think that the world really needs right now it feels like a an amazing project so i cannot wait to see that and i can't wait to hear more about how that goes i have a very important question which is what is the name of your dog dennis it's it's a very popular name uh, like dennis rodman (laughs) 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 for example but but no it's a very popular name in the Ukraine, you know. Very, very popular name. It's like I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, Dennis, and his uh, it's golden retriever, uh, and he's uh, nine uh, years old. It's uh, quite. It's, it's good with him because I can I can see you know. For example, when you go for a walk, you you cannot you cannot go with your mobile phone or something. You have to be focused on on your dog, and that's what uh, what I learned from my from my dog uh, that I have to be you know I have to be focused. There we go. That's a tip. Maybe you need a dentist, everybody. That's what you need. Thank you very much. I, I'm conscious we've been talking for a very long time, um, but it is so wonderful to talk to you and hear about all of your projects. Um, I encourage any translators out there to get on it and start translating Martin's books because they sound so fascinating and I think relevant to to everybody, um, even though they might be about specific Polish cultural icons and, and moments in Polish history. It's something I think we can all learn from. And yeah, really looking forward to reading both your bookshop project, but also your dog and cat and ecology project, which sounds brilliant. So thank you so much. Thank you for a great conversation, for your questions. It was a great pleasure. 
Thanks for listening and big thanks to Marcin, Joe and Dennis. If you have any questions or want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. Take a look at our Facebook page and find out more about everything we do over at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk, where you can also sign up to Steph's lovely newsletter. Please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast because it helps other people to find us. And as a UK registered charity, we rely on the generosity of our supporters to make our work possible. Please do consider making a donation to us by visiting nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk and hitting the support us button in the right hand corner. That would be lovely. And did you know we have a free Discord community which anyone can join up? It's a place full of writers from all over the world who we sometimes write together. We do little sprints. We host our book club over there. And if you're looking to chat with like-minded writers and get some feedback on your work, it's not a bad place to hang out. It's a cool place to be. Thanks again. Keep writing and we'll catch you on the next episode. (laughs) 